Hello, everyone. It's Thursday. Another edition of the MSP Initiative Live. Today, we got a couple people on. We have uh, Pete from Equilibrium. He's on today to talk about modern marketing things that you should be doing today to generate leads through the web, which I thought was an interesting topic. We have my partner in crime here, Alex Standers, who also jumped on board. He's going to jump into the convo. So... Anyway, here we go. How's everyone doing today? Good. Very good. Nice and warm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we're, I mean, I'm, I'm already, I think I'm done with snow for the year. I, I got my one snow. Yeah, we got that two feet a couple couple of weeks ago or a, couple, or a month or so ago, and then we got another foot just at the beginning of this week. So I'm, I'm pretty much tapped out as well. I thought I saw it was a flake, but I think it was just the speck of ice coming off of somebody's windshield when they scraped. Yeah. No, I think <laughs> you're, 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 you're 40 degrees, right? That's your big thing today. 40 degrees. Yeah. That's our, that's our, you know, that's our load today. So. You'll probably have like winter coats out. Yeah. Uh, 40 degrees would be nice. I'll tell you. Yeah. They're good. Right on. So. All right. So topic for today is um, five modern marketing things you need to do today to get real leads through the web. We had an earlier session in the week that talked about, um, you know, blocking and tackling, right? I mean, here's what everybody should be doing, you know, personalizing and creating their own, you know, their own public profile, right? You know, their personal profile and their business profile, right? And kind of create your brand and, and all that jazz and personalize things. I think today we're going to get into more of the kind of next level stats, they say, right? Um, that we can actually get into how to measure and follow and uh, make sure that we're putting things out into the world and those things are actually working, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I think, um, you know, one of the reasons that I, I was excited to see the team reach out to Pete is we hear it a lot, right? People asking for marketing tips and what do we do? And, um, you know, I think it's tough in a lot of these sessions to go deep and go another layer down. And that's what I was excited to see us doing today and talking a little bit about the web traffic side of things, obviously for a lot of us, and especially depending on your geography, you might not have the option to do anything except for a very digital virtual marketing plan. So Pete is always somebody I've looked up to with this and uh, he's got some real good knowledge in that. So Pete, what do you, what do you think MSP should be doing today to kind of turn that tide? And uh, you know, I mean, let's start from the beginning, right? How do I, how do I look at myself today and understand, am I doing the right job? What, what should I look for? You know, we'll kind of go from there. Yeah, so I, I would start, let's look at like basic core website design, right? And, and let's, you know, everybody goes out and they develop a page and it can be really sexy, but sometimes too sexy and too much, uh, it, it, it's not relevant, right? So, you know, there's the portion that we call above the fold and some people have heard it, some haven't. But above the fold is that area that they get in their first monitor screen where they're not scrolling. Right. Mm -hmm. So try and keep your banners thin or if you're going to use banners, put some really relevant stuff with a call to action in it that they can get right to the meat of where they're going. The least amount of time somebody has to spend to navigate to get somewhere is going to be to your benefit when it gets to engagement. And I, and I do want to talk about engagement today of, of your website. Right. But the, the key is getting them to the relevant data points as fast as you can without uh, as, as scrolling, 
the, the least amount of scrolling they have to do, the more opportunity they're going to leave, right? So the, the quicker you get them to the, to the point of action or the relevant data that you're trying to drive them, it's there, right? Uh, so that's a key critical element we look at when we design a website or anybody should design a website. Um, you can also use certain things in a website like chevrons, like a picture that points down to the next thing. Visually, that helps drive people to the next level of what's below the fold, mm -hmm. right? So do visual and not just content. Content is important and it has a major role of, of, of what people are going to perceive. But without a doubt, look at that component of uh, getting the website right up front. I don't know. What do you guys think? I think it makes a lot of sense. I've definitely dealt with websites a lot over the years and um, you're right. I mean, as a society, right, our, our, our patience level and tolerance level for, for, uh, for searching has gone down tremendously. I know if I, if I had a website, I'm looking for something, I'm looking at that homepage, I'm maybe doing a quick scroll. And if I still don't know what this company does, it's the about section. And if nothing, then I'm gone. Mm -hmm. uh, that's unfortunate. I can recognize it myself and know that I hate myself for doing it, but it's just how we are as a society these days. And you're right. So I think you definitely have to be that kind of shepherd and lead them through or have the info boom right there in front of your face. Yeah. And, and, and think about it, right? How many MSPs are there? How much content can be unique these days? I mean, there's only so many ways you can spell out managed services. Yeah. Right? So, so visually, you know, things that you want to do in that above the fold. And here's a great technique that we love to tell everybody is if you have a banner graphic, right underneath that banner graphic, make something that's got four or five key points that differentiate yourself from the competitor. You've got uh, a uh, first time fix rate of whatever. What are some key things that a lot of people measure from a service metric? We have live answer. We, we've done 5 billion tickets in, since inception. You know, uh, We've got a customer satisfaction rate of X. Maybe there's a couple of awards that you've won year over year, but build your credibility right up front as to this is the company that I want to deal with and, and use graphics to do it. You don't have to always use words. Let's face it. I'm a visual person. I, I, I see something visually. I react to it. And if it's good colors and it's good visual, I'm going to react to it. So, you know, everybody likes to describe what they do in, in words. Describe what you do in pictures. Use icons, use pictures, use, uh, you know, infograms or an info bar that does something. And you'll find that you'll get engagement, which yeah. probably we should talk about some engagement, right? Yeah, I mean, I, th I think you're hitting on a good topic there and a good segue. I mean, one thing I want to do, I want to zoom back real quick. Do you have some baseline stats, um, you know, as an MSP? I mean, obviously you work with MSPs of all different sizes. What should be kind of the benchmark that they're shooting for, for like minimum, um, you know, I, I guess there's a couple different stages here. You have the MSPs who are just starting off, right? We definitely want to help them. And then you have the people who maybe been around for a couple of years, maybe that, you know, handful of employees. And then you have the bigger ones that are always trying to, you know, gather a market share. Talking kind of quickly against maybe those bottom two tiers, what should I look for in terms of website traffic? And are there any other stats I should really be paying attention to with this? And then maybe to help set some benchmarks, like what, what should my goals be? So, you know, kind of take a step back. 
marketing is a, is a very interesting thing and driving traffic is even more interesting because there's so many ways that you drive traffic. You know, there's SEO, there's social media, there's backlinks, there's partner websites, there's all these different things. So, you know, depending on where you're at, your maturity of marketing is, is what you can expect on that benchmark as to, to say, uh, you know, as you're starting out and your website is there, it's usually going to be pretty generic because you're trying to get some Google reviews maybe or some mm -hmm. testimonials that you can put up there or build some branding and reputation. So, uh, you know, definitely things like organic SEO are very important there as well as just a very basic design. You know, keep it simple, right? The, the simpler it is when you're, when you're new and starting out, uh, the easier it is for customers to say, okay, um, I, I get it, right? Get right to the point, feed it. As you get more mature, you're going to add more content. You're going to add specialized services and things to your site that you maybe didn't have at an early maturity, right? So, so you're going to step up in your service portfolio or who you service and, and what you do for them, right? So mm -hmm. making those clearly understood and keeping it, again, as simple as possible. Um, but it, it's really hard to say because you're not established when you're just starting out and Google and all the tier one search engines, Google, Bing, Yahoo, they, they don't know who you really are right now. And you haven't had a lot of content flood into those gates yet. As you step up and you start to have more specialized services, add some content or blogging or, or things of that nature. Now your site's getting crawled with more information and SEO and you can expect engagement to go up, right? And, and there's, there's tools out there. And, and usually when you start out, you're looking at something like Google. Uh, Google does a great job of saying, you know, how did they get to your website? Where did they come from? And you can look at those sources and focus on those sources to do more of it while you expand out into others and, and increase uh, your visibility, right? Uh, your brand needs to be seen and be heard. And the more places it's seen and heard, the more opportunity you're going to do to drive traffic. Right. So when you're starting out, I, I always tell you, you're getting on a, a train and it's an old coal smoke train, right? Build up ahead of steam and it's a track and you're going to go up to the upper part of the United States and you're going to go down the coast and you're going to just keep zigzagging back and across and never stop. Right. You just keep that fuel going in because that's what's going to build your momentum. Right. And that's how Google works, right? As you build momentum and you do different things, you're going to do it. Um, but one of the other things that I think you can do is uh, a lot of people look and they see, oh, I Googled my company name and there's this little advertisement that sits in a box in Google over on the side. It's a business, right? Well, that business points back to your website if it's configured and you set it up, but it requires you to do some setup. And that's where you can do Google reviews. So that's business uh, the business listing inside of Google or business.google.com, right? And you go out and make sure that that is set up right away because mm -hmm. that's a key element to uh, early entry into SEO, right? Because Google will take that. Somebody might do something. Your little business might pop up or the big map pops up with all the pinpoints and you click on the pin and then your business pops up, right? So that's a representative. You can put some pictures in there of service vehicles, team, office, uh, you know, bench facilities, you know, what, whatever it is, something that you're doing that shows the personality of your company. But it's got a big old button that says visit website, 
right? And and that'll help drive traffic. So I advise everybody to take some ownership into their business listing of Google because in the digital footprint, that's one piece that starts your SEO, helps your SEO and drive traffic back to your website, right? Absolutely. Big one. Yeah, no, and, and honestly, you hit on a couple of good things there. And, and, you know, Google Maps has obviously expanded so much through integration, right? I mean, if you're, you make that one piece in Google, it's now linked to your Google Maps listing. It's linked to your, you know, obviously Waze pulls off of Google mm-hmm. Maps. So um, definitely helps out with a lot of things, especially if you're operating a storefront instead of just a warehouse facility. Um, yeah, the other one I always hear about, and I know it's a real big rabbit hole we could jump down, but PPC. And I know as, you know, being on the business side myself, it's really congested this year. <laughs> it's, 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 uh, it's become heavily congested and overpriced, right? It, it's become a saturated thing. We love to do it, but results are harder to drive now than they ever were because of everything that happened around this time last year where everybody pivoted and said, what do I do? I got to go do PPC campaigns. The problem is they didn't organically optimize their SEO inside their website, Mm -hmm. right? So the organic optimization wasn't done. So what that did was is their cost per click and cost per keyword is increased because it's not optimized at the lowest level, right? So we typically recommend before you go out and spend a lot of money, you're going to get something out of PPC. Don't get me wrong, right? Properly optimized and and done, you're going to get some, but you're not going to get the maximum result of conversions if your site is there, because somebody's going to search on a keyword and the PPC is going to put you up into the paid ad section. Yeah. But then if you organically can fill in some of the in between the ads and the top and the bottom, how does that look? Right? Well, they're paying for an ad, they're presenting an ad, but organically they're posting in here too. They must be a good company, right? So organic, we recommend you go in and you do a deep dive Usually takes a good company will take about 30 days to go in and come up with a full implementation of, a, of an organic SEO plan. And it takes about 90 days. After about 90 days, you're about then ready to kick into a paid campaign. And you'll find that, you know, in different regions, a paid campaign is going to be very different. So in New York City, it's going to be two and a half times that it might be in St. Louis, right? Um, because the, 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 keyword competition is huge, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But we've seen budgets this year go from that are typically a thousand or 2000 that would yield four to six qualified leads a month, uh, really solid leads. Mm -hmm. Uh, That budget's now moved up into the four to $5,000 range to get the same result because so many people are doing it. And Google now says, well, that, that keyword just became more popular. It became more expensive. People are willing to pay more for it. So now if you want to play, you have to adjust up. Otherwise, you're going to sit down here and rely more on them going to page two or page three, getting the ads versus page one placement, right? And it varies market to market. So, you know, you need to set that expectation. Markets are, are very different on how, they, uh, how they're saturated with technology providers. So, yeah, but organic SEO is important and you look at a lot of different things. Um, I know we look at keywords, we compete against your competitors to make sure that you're using the words that they are. And, and uh, you may have some that are in that middle section where you both are using and some unique to you, but if they're paying for keywords, mm-hmm. 
why wouldn't you want to put them into your organic and not pay for them and hope that as they pay for it and they drive that keyword availability up, that it pulls you along, right? So little tips like that where you can do it um, really, really help out and help push your website into a more prominent position. No, I mean, um, I, honestly, I, I know I've mentioned them in the sessions before, and it's just because they're a close partner of ours, but a uh, really good example here, uh, Tech Barra down in, mm-hmm. uh, right outside of Dallas, Texas. Um, obviously, that can get a really congested market. Um, yes. They won a terrific deal off of, you know, uh, SEO optimization around office phones, uh, you know, for their area. And it was as simple as a page that had office phones for the Dallas area, Dallas Fort Worth area. And, uh, you know, that was enough where it was one service. They had a client, um, or, you know, now client, but a prospect that approached them that was having phone issues. Um, they went through a quote, they ended up winning the entire managed services contract for, you know, qu- quite a nice sum monthly. Um, you know, those things are out there and, and you're right. And that's simple and easy to do. Um, and I know a lot of people just want to get the website set up and enough of a shell of a website and just, just go, right. We're just doing the business now. So I think it is really important to hit on this and, and the difference it makes because what well, you just highlighted there, that's four to five X increase. That's it is. And, and I mean, I, I, look, if you, if you just want to pay the money and come to a company like us and pay it and get, you know, very expensive results, but you know, in, in a smaller environment, your cost of acquisition goes up, Right. So in a smaller, a smaller MSP or TSP, you're probably looking at a cost of acquisition. Their cost of acquisition is probably like twenty-two dollars to $2,500 before they capture that client, right? So mm-hmm. that could be a month, a month and a half of your contract that you're spending to capture a 12-month contract, right? That, that's a lot of your profit right there, right? If, you, if you're folding it back in. So, you know, taking some steps that are very, um, in my opinion, cost effective. I don't want to say cheap, but uh, cheaper to do is organic SEO and implement it properly than just dive into a PPC because you're going to yield a lot more if your website is optimized and performing. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think that's a great point. That, that really, that should be your, your one major takeaway <laughs> for, this, uh, for this speech on, on what you can do to kind of change things around. Um, you know, one thing I'm going to quickly pause and just say is if anybody's watching Facebook in the zoom, um, and you have any questions, feel free to shoot them into the Q and a Pete and I are keeping, keeping a good eye, uh, good eye on those and making sure we can get those answered. But, um, so Pete, we touched on a little bit of SEO PPC, right? We tackled that giant. Now the next part of it is, um, I, I guess first will be one of the biggest mistakes you're seeing all the time. Um, you know, I, I know we're hitting on, on the highlights of, of what to do. What, what are you seeing in terms of mistakes? Are there any platforms you kind of tell these guys to avoid maybe uh, any kind of rabbit holes to see people go down that, that's, you know, harder. I mean, you, you come in and you save websites and, and, and marketing for MSPs. What are the worst ones where you hear it and you're like, oh, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think the biggest thing that I tell you is don't copy your competitors content. Uh, and, and just change it a little bit, you know, content is tough right now. And it it is, there's a lot of MSPs and there's a lot of websites out there, but copying the content doesn't help you. It dilutes a little bit. So, you know, be creative with the content, make it relevant, get it, get it concise. But, um, 
you also hear a lot of people saying, don't put a lot of money into your website. And, and I agree, don't put a lot of money into your website, but put the requisite time in to show who you are as a company. Your services may be very close and sound like somebody, but make sure to show your personality. And everybody says, oh, that's what social media is for. No, you can do blogs. You can do things on the about us. You can do things on the team. We have a, we have a company that, that has a team page and the CEO is a, a real personable guy. And uh, I don't know if you've ever seen Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd where they go and they, they pull the branches apart and they stick their face through and you know it's hunting season right um he's done a like a takeoff on something like that and and it shows the personality of yeah we we have fun it's part of our culture right it's who we are and in this world of zoom fatigue people are look people buy from people they always buy from people first right and those people that they buy from, they've derived some relationship for. So now that we're in this kind of mixed hybrid selling and marketing environment that we've been in the last, and I'm going to say the last six months because it took everybody that long to move to, to that model or, or attempt to get to that model. Some are, still, some are still working and pulling their up and some were able to get there quickly just based on resources. But what I, what I constantly say is don't be afraid to show your personality in your website right now because people buy from people and they need to see that. And the way you're going to build relationship is to let them see some of that personality. So certainly use your, your social media like Facebook to show things that you're doing. Like if you, if you happen to do a, a Zoom meeting, take a screenshot, put it up there. We had a great happy hour with the company or we did a potluck lunch via zoom or you know whatever whatever it is that you're doing don't be afraid to put that stuff on social media but don't be afraid afraid to show some of that culture in your website and and thread it through um the other thing that we see that's a big no-no is multiple people writing content where it sounds like it's coming from different places you need to make sure you have one voice so if you have one people, one person that, that's good at writing content or you outsource it, you know, make sure that the content is, is, you know, written by the same person and in the same voice. Otherwise, your company can get a little bit of a um, identity crisis as you go from page to page. Uh, and then lastly, once you have that content is to make sure that your pages are uniform, Right. Uh, don't use one format for one service and a different format for the other. Uh, for instance, some people like to use icons to tell the story and they'll do it on one page and then the next page they'll use bullets. It, it, it sends a mixed message of, you know, what your company's about and consistency, right? So consistency in your marketing and your digital marketing is very key. And that's a big mistake people always do. So, you know, when you go to social marketing, Make sure that your cover page is consistent across all platforms. Make sure it has the same look and feel as your website. Because realistically, if you're posting blogs, somebody clicks down the blog, they go back to your website. You want them to have that same feeling. And a lot of times people are like, well, LinkedIn is the professional place. So I have to have a different look than I have on Facebook and I have on Twitter. Make it look the same. Give, give it all the same so it all feeds back to what your website is, and that's what you're driving, 
right? Engagement back to your website, right? Everything should lead back to your website and they should all have the same look, feel, company culture, et cetera. Absolutely. You hit on a good one there. And, um, you know, it's something that I, I got a really good lesson a couple of years ago and it was just how powerful that connection was between the different sources. Um, you know, a few years ago, I was at uh, Autotask for a number of years and we had started to build out our brand. It got stronger and stronger. And one of the things we wanted to figure out was how to continue to kind of push that and, and spread the branding. And one of the things we actually looked at was all of our company LinkedIn, especially all the people that were working, you know, consistently with clients. And we saw that everyone had a different picture and some people's pictures were very professional. There were professional headshots. Some people were them playing with their dog in the park and it was just all over the board. And um, so one of the things we did, and it was such a great movement to watch it happen. Um, you know, our VP of marketing at the time had done a presentation on HubSpot. And if you look up HubSpot, anyone absolutely has the same exact picture. They have a wall in their office. It's orange, it's their, their orange. They take their, their, their headshot in front of it. So everyone has very uniform headshots. They all have the same banner on their LinkedIn. And you can look at a profile from 50 yards away, scrolling through LinkedIn and know in a heartbeat that person works for, for HubSpot. Um, makes it very easy to call back to people. Makes it very easy to remember, you know, that a person that you thought of that you want to connect with or had a question for. And uh, it was amazing at the impact that had for us and just kind of the recognition and the brand. So, I mean, that's a, such a cheap and easy one, right? Get a wall in your office, get a nice graphic on it, get a nice vinyl or something on it, take all your employees' headshots on there day one and, you know, have somebody whip up a nice graphic for you for your LinkedIn. I mean, that right there is just such an overnight change in terms of the professionalism and the look. Um, you know, you don't want somebody walking in and you're looking at their VP of sales and it's a picture of him in his car with the seatbelt on. I mean, <laughs> there's gotta be some level of control to it. And obviously it is people's personal LinkedIn. So, I mean, you can only do so much, but right. um, you know, one of the things we did was anybody that was sales focused, we did actually pay for their uh, navigator account. So another way to kind of reward to get the behavior you want. Yep. But yeah, you're absolutely correct. It's a, it's a quick, easy implementation. It doesn't take much to do. And, you know, just like we have, you know, in my background, I know you have one at BVoIP and, mm -hmm. you know, we make them for all our customers, whether you're in Teams or Zoom or what your platform is, is, you know, have a unified front. If you're going to be speaking with customers or, or what have you, put, put a background up. You know, sometimes you get that ghost image, like right now I see myself moving around and I can see my, <laughs> my, uh, you know, my shadow moving with me, but, um, you know, it's important. Uh, branding, again, it's about being seen and being heard. So this whole time that you're looking at me, you're seeing my brand and hopefully somewhere downstream, you'll recognize my brand, right? It's one of the many brands that we have at, at Equilibrium. So, you know, but it, it's all about recognition. And again, if you're starting out, here's another very small little thing that you can do is give yourself a background object. Uh, you know, we, we love to see offices and, and dogs and all those things these days because we're thriving and thirsting to, to get engaged with people again. But, um, you know, take the opportunity. Um, you know, there was another big mistake that, that a lot of people do. And um, I, I think it's, you know, especially on websites and, and everything is with their calls to action. Everything should have a call to action. It, whether it's in the sidebar, I, I always recommend them in the sidebar because if somebody doesn't scroll, 
or they read your first paragraph and they say, all right, I'll get some information. Your call to action's in a sidebar. But make it easy. Don't ask for every piece of data. Make it easy. Name, phone number, email, submit. All right? You can get their domain and their company information from their email address. You can call them. You can look up the phone number. You can go on LinkedIn and look up the name. You can do all your research basically on three things. The least amount of data somebody has to put in a form, the better off you are. The second thing is, is this community that we serve, the managed services community, the technical services community, the, 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 the unified communications uh, component, um, you know, we all love to build our list, right? So we can market. So the more information you ask for, the less likely you're going to, to do or to receive um, that information. So make it simple, keep it simple, realize that you can spend an extra minute sifting through those three components to get what you want. They're probably the three best lookup tools you could find, right? Um, the other thing is use a forms package that has what's called abandonment. Right. And an abandonment is maybe I put my name and my email address and then I say, well, you know, my MSP told me never to submit a form online because I'm going to get spam or that button might have something behind it that could unleash malware or whatever. So an abandoned uh, plug in to your forms package, if they fill in one or two pieces of data, you're still collecting data. So if they fill in a phone number, you can look up the phone number. If they fill in an email uh, and never press submit, you collect that data and you can now go ahead and uh, retrieve that and your salespeople can do some follow-up. So don't be afraid to go for minimalist versus I got to capture all the data. You know, I got to get their company address. I got to get, you know, don't do it. Even if, like a webinar or whatever, just collect the bottom amount of data. You can do the research. You, you say you don't have the research, but you know, people don't want to put in their information. They don't want to be on the dark web. They don't. So, you know, the other, the other mistake that I see is by golly, work with a company that's going to put an SSL certificate on your website. Why would I want to come to an MSP that's not got a secure website? Think about it. I, I'm, I'm gone. I'm not even looking at your website at that point. And you'd be surprised at how many we go through that don't have an SSL certificate on it. You know, our, our program, the minute that you sign up, you got an SSL. It's all part of the package, right? It's there. Uh, you don't have to worry about it. Your site goes live. It's within an hour of it going live. It's got, it's locked down, right? And, and there's a bunch of other things that we do too. But, you know, take the time to make sure that you've got that lock on there because if you don't, uh, you're hurting yourself. Absolutely. Uh, you know, you tell everybody as an MSP, oh, don't go to a website, and then you have one yourself. So, <laughs> so I do want to say I've actually been writing down each of these into um, into the chat. I'm going to push it out to the uh, whole audience, and I'll keep updating it as we go. Um, and I'll make sure that my team captures this, and we can actually um, we'll do a uh, on-demand version of this afterwards. Uh, that's always a question that comes out, so we'll make sure we get an on-demand version of it. It'll be available on MSPInitiative.com. Um, we'll also push it out to all the registrants to make sure they all get a copy of it with the uh, with the list of right now we're at nine about to about to hit our tenth uh, tip. So I appreciate you blowing out that original goal of five. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like one of those things. Once you get started, 
they're easy things that everybody should just, it's an awareness, right? And that's, that's what we're here to do is to share with each other and help the resource, you know, give a resource out to, to keep the community healthy and strong, right? Absolutely. And honestly, marketing is one of those, um, I, I think it's one of those tasks that seems so overwhelming and so daunting if, if you're not familiar with it. Um, but once you start to get, and, and granted, it can be, right? I've, right. I've seen literal breakdown reports on the um, analytics between having a button be blue versus red or like a bright color versus a dark color. Um, you know, what, what type of people it attracts, where it loses people. And I get that. And that's very daunting. But at the same point, there's a lot of small things here that you touched on that should be part of, you know, of your piece. If you're a family-owned business, wear that all over your website, all right? Right. Yeah, it's a picture of you and your son installing a server. Um, you know, if, if you're very specific into one field, make sure that that's part of your DNA, right? Show some pictures of your office that represent that. And, um, you know, I think there's been some really good tips in here. Um, you know, forms is one that I think a lot of people get lost in, you know, and they don't understand it. A lot of people feel like, okay, the website's here and, and you know, I've got this great content, but nobody's downloading it. Uh, but, you know, do, do you have the tools looking at it to even understand how many people looked at it? Right. How many people abandoned? Um, a lot of people aren't analyzing to that level. Um, and granted, that can get down that rabbit hole of, of marketing. But do you have some basic tools that um, everybody should be looking at to make sure that they're kind of understand what's going on? We, we do. And, and we developed a set of tools that have some discrete functions in web visiting to not only do the analytics, we pull in Google Analytics to look at entry pages, exit pages, uh, device, device, who's doing it. And, you know, so what we tell everybody is, is, you know, every six months to a year, you should add some content, change some pictures, do some things in there, uh, especially on the pages that are not performing, right? Well, how do you know if the pages aren't performing? right? You're not doing engagement. You have to look at engagement. And so our tool set allows you to look at engagement and also notify you when somebody's on your website that, hey, somebody is engaging and this is everywhere they've gone on your website. And you can do a little research on them. And as soon as you do that, uh, you know, now your sales team has a different opportunity to uh, link out or, or uh, come up with a path to go out and see if they can qualify this as a target or not right? And then move it through. Uh, the cool thing about it is every time they come back and visit your page, you get another alert with another. So you can start seeing the aggregate statistics of what they're doing and where they've been and how long they're doing it. And, and we bundle in some quick research tools so you can click on a Google icon that does all the research for you or Facebook or, or what have you. So it's kind of really cool from a capture perspective uh, to do that. Um, but those, that's one of many, right? Uh, but you definitely need to look at the engagement of what's going on with your pages. And Google Analytics is a great way to start. Every web template out there asks you just to put in your unique Google ID. You just drop it in your website. You don't have to be a coder to do it or whatever. You can, you can just do it, right? So awesome. analytics is, is important from an engagement perspective, knowing who's coming in, where they're coming in from, and where they're leaving, right? And that shows you where it is. There's some other tools out there that actually will draw heat maps um, that we, we use on some very high-end sites, and mm -hmm. it'll actually show the mouse cursor when they go to that and do snapshotting of the website so we can actually see 
where they're focusing their energy and what content they're focusing on their energy so we can move it up higher in the fold and they don't have to go far down, right? So that's really looking at engagement in a very deep level. But for the most part, hey, where are you coming in? Where are you leaving? And, and what's it all about, right? And then move your stuff around, your content around so you get more maximum engagement. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that's a great point. We actually did get a question through that. Um, so I'm going to jump over that one second. And then just a reminder, everybody, if you're not in the Zoom, um, I believe my team's also watching the Facebook. So feel free to ask questions on there. And if you are in the Zoom, fire away. So Todd asked our first question. Todd said, do you see a disadvantage of advertising an all work remote work uh, workforce when we advocate cloud technologies? So kind of an eat your own dog food um, you know, mentality there. No, I love it, right? Um, if you've got a customer support model and you have a high CSAT radio, ratio, excuse me, not a radio, and, uh, but you've got a high CSAT ratio and your team is all remote, that just shows how you've got your act together and that cloud technology is working for you. So yeah, eat your own dog food, tout it. Hey, we do it. And if we can do it for, for us, we can do it for you. So I, I, I'm all about it, you know, absolutely. You know, our, you know and, and it's not uncommon anymore for anybody to say that they don't have an all workforce. I mean, I think many companies for the most part are maybe 25% back to the office. Mm -hmm. uh, the rest are alternating days or, or only come in if they need to and they're working remote. So why not? I agree. Um, you know, it's something we encounter a lot on the B-Wipe side. Um, you know, we, we've seen that request a lot. Um, you know, how, how do you support remote workforces, how does that operate? And even on, you know, going a step further on our uh, MSP side, we went remote workforce on that very early on. Um, and it was actually the benefit of where our MSP is based, which is Philadelphia. You have such a congestion of people there and finding good techs that would not only, you know, start with you, but stay long-term became mm -hmm. very tough, right? It's a very competitive market. They get enterprise jobs and they're gone. Um, so what we started to do was look in other and, you know, credit to our CEO, George, he jumped out and started looking at other metros. So, you know, Denver, Dallas, Seattle, and next thing you know, he was getting texts in not only other areas, which is cool, but other time zones. And that was a huge benefit to us because next thing you know, all of a sudden that person's just working the normal day or maybe an hour later than they normally would. And we're, we have a ton more coverage. Well, it, it gives you not only coverage, but it gives you, um, you know, access to a workforce uh, that you may find a skill that's in a remote area that you can't find locally, or the mm -hmm. cost is beyond what you can afford locally, but you can find it in another area, and the skill set may exceed what you were able to get. And so now you're able to pick up the skills that you need within the budgets that you need and uh, it builds out your workforce, right? So the talent pool opens up greatly when you can go beyond the boundaries of your local geography. So that's another thing that you can tout in marketing is, is you know, you're not afraid to go out and that, work, that remote workforce gives you availability for different hours of shifts of work or, or whatever for help desk and ticketing. Uh, but it also gives you a talent pool that goes well beyond your local geography. So, Absolutely. yeah. No, I think that's something that, you know, is being addressed more and more. And, and I don't want to beat the remote workforce <laughs> uh, drum anymore. I think it's been, you know, hit quite a, quite a bit over the last year. But 
Um, no, it's something we're seeing a ton. Um, I'm seeing the advertisements on it. And honestly, it's one of those things, right? It's a huge market shift. You got to embrace it. Mm-hmm. You got to be ready to talk about it. Um, Pete touched on content a lot in this and website and blog. If you aren't writing blogs about it and contacting your local chamber, your local, you know, all of your customers ahead of time, right? Saying, hey, you know, how can I help you? We know that you're going to have to go to remote. Let's make a plan for it. And if you didn't have a plan in place and you scrambled through this, that's one of the things I'd be working on right now, right? I mean, not to get too often to the MSP business side of things, but I mean, that could be a blog right there, right? Surefire plan to, to get to get home, right? How, how, how do we do this again? You know, God forbid, I hope we don't have to, but <laughs> if we did- well, we're, we're there now, right? Everybody's there. So it should, it should be more of a commonplace type thing as we continue to go forward. I mean, I, I don't know that I'd want to be in commercial real estate these days. It's, it's, it's going to be a really tough market. So, and, you know, and companies like us, we were born in the cloud 13 years ago. So, mm-hmm. you know, when this all came, we were already in Microsoft teams and operating. We had already made that move. We already had VoIP. We already had all of our data and, and services in the cloud. So for us, it was very easy to shift the profile for our customers. Yeah. Uh, of course, the technical community had a very different customer that they had to service. We just had to keep their marketing engines up and running and going and, and uh, operating in the background. So we, we weren't, I don't want to say that it was a distraction, but we didn't have any distractions to make sure that we could operate while we tried to service our customer. We were still 100% focused on that. So, you know, that's, that's versatility that, you know, you're going to continue to see uh, in it. But, you know, going back to that question, you know, here's, we just talked about a bunch of key points that you can use to market that and tout it, you know, and why, why it's a benefit to, to do that. And you can bring it through in your content. You can bring it through in a blog or, or what have you. But you made me think of one more thing that you can add to the list. Let's hear right? it. And there's a lot of website companies that do their, we have an MSP, website and it cost x and we'll put blogs in it for you well those blogs are fed from magazines and repurposed through ai to your website and those same blogs are being fed to that whole base that they service right whether it's a thousand or two thousand or three thousand there's a couple really big ones that just repurpose right yeah. So everybody and you were saying like TechVera is in Dallas. If you subscribe to one of those services, what do you think that does to your SEO that you look like in the same article comes up for 15, 20, 30 different providers in the same geography, right? So, you know, um, differentiators and things like we do is we syndicate blogs, but we syndicate them in no more than five to six markets. And then we start another series, right? And they're always geographically dispersed. So you can pretty much say it's not going to hurt your SEO, but it's going to continue to help promote it. So, you know, that's another big classic mistake that goes into a website is, yeah, you're getting a blog and it's being filled, but it doesn't help your your SEO at all. It actually hurts it. Absolutely. Um, You actually sparked me on another idea. So... What's your feeling on video for the websites? I mean, obviously we see so much video and social and everything else. And, you know, but for focusing on the website, you know, where do you see this actually? I mean, sometimes I feel like I get into a website now and it's 80% video, which I appreciate to a degree, but where do you see it hooking and where do you see it kind of overboard and, and losing people? 
so I think, you know, uh, videos matured over time and the tools to get there and, and self video putting in, you know, certainly make sure you, you put a good wrapper in. Um, I, I love video in a website. Uh, there is a limit. I would say 20%, 30% is good for video. Uh, when you get up in that 50% and it's just nothing but video, unless you're delivering some kind of like webcast or rebroadcast or something that is a library for somebody to go to, right? Uh, you know, use the video. That's a place you can show your culture. You can do video testimonials. Uh, it's great for another business person to be a video testimonial mm -hmm. and you can pop it on your testimonial page and you can pop it on your um, industry page or who we serve page, you know, so it's right there, right? Here's who we serve. Here's how we do it. Here's some case studies and here's a video testimonial. And maybe here's the apps that we, we use, right? Some, some different things in there, but I love video in the website. I think it makes interactive. I love interactive components of a website. I love using interact and video is certainly something that again, as we clamor to see people and build relationship, it's almost like if you do it right, the people are talking to you. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's what you want. You want it. So you're talking to your audience and, and uh, you know, capturing them in that way. So do it. Uh, there's testimonials, there's explainer videos, right relatively yep. inexpensive to do. We love doing explainer videos all the time, right? Um, you can do small commercials now, relatively where you used to have to go to a big production company. You, you can do them through outsource organizations like us or, or others that are in the marketplace, right? And they're relatively inexpensive and they can be very catered to showing who you are on your about page. So I, I say use video as, as much as you can without overdoing it right 20 or 30 percent throughout we throughout your site is a good number perfect all right i got the, i got that captured um yeah no i, th I think that's a great point and, and one of the ones you touch on there is it's such a good way to show that personality right we talked about it earlier um you know a picture is good and, and a little bit of writing is great but having a nice video walking through um you know your office and even you know todd you talked earlier about having a remote workforce well even if you have a remote workforce i'm, I'm still going to bet that at least once a year or something you're trying to get together um you know taking some time during those meetings and you know b-boy team is very spread out we uh we, we were lucky enough to do a sales kickoff this year with everybody we made sure to take some good pictures and have some good time with each other but that's all part of our brand, right? It's our personality. We have a fun group and, and that's part of the fun part of working with us. And, um, you know, I, I'd suggest to use that same functionality to yourself, right? I mean, share that personality and, and share why you, there's probably a reason you love working with the people you work with and it's probably the personality and the, and the, the office and, you know, the fun environment, but, you know, sometimes sharing that out just shows everyone how much fun you are to work with. And again, back to that people buy from people piece. So I think video is a great way to do that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Little how-tos every now and then are pretty good too. How-tos are great. And, uh, you know, the truth is I, I still run into people who, who struggle with the basics and, you know, think about it, home office, right? How, how much does it hurt to uh, show somebody how to do a clean wire setup on their, on their desk? Um, you know, how to hook up those extra monitors? Um, you know, what if you bundle in a couple of uh, adapters, HDMI cables, monitors, and a dock, and you sell it as a at-home kit, right? And you advertise that right on your homepage. You yeah. Work from home kit, all in one, everything you need. We'll come and set it up for you if you want. 
don't feel comfortable with us in your house. We'll drop it off at the front door. Um, you know, those kind of services are where you're, you're innovating and you're getting ahead and being able to have that, you know, right there, Pete touched on banners earlier, that, that would be my home page banner right now if I was an MSP. Especially now that you can actually buy a, a freaking webcam again. <laughs> right. Fly is finally catching up with us in the, in the, the ridiculous demand we've had over the last year. Yep. Um, we're getting towards the end here. I'm going to, uh, you know, let everyone uh, fill in a couple questions that they want. And while we're doing that, I want to take a quick second. Uh, first of all, thank you for coming on. Always a pleasure to talk with you, work with you. Um, you know, I'm lucky enough that we share a ton of clients together, um, you know, work together for a few years now. And, uh, you know, you're always a wealth of knowledge, so I always appreciate it. But one of the other things I want to take a quick second and highlight is, you know, as we talked on, marketing can be a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, there, there's some light level stuff you can do. And, you know, I hope that some of the tips we gave you today help you and, and can help increase that for your business. But if that's not something that you feel comfortable tackling, if you don't have somebody that's focused in that area or you're spread too thin, we get it, small business owners. But, um, you know, I'd say, Pete, do you want to take a quick second and just kind of tell everybody what you do in case they, they don't know about Equilibrium? And uh, then obviously we'll make sure your contact info gets out to everybody as well. Sure, sure. So you can see the uh, Markitech logo and, and that's our marketing as a service. It's a, one of our, our uh, you know, larger components of our business. But we do just like a, an MSP. We do everything that you need as an outsourced marketing agency and it's execution based. So you don't have to do it. You're a stakeholder. You get to approve. You get to input. We work through it with you, but we execute the full strategy, whether it's email marketing, we'll take care of design and print uh, for you. Of course, there's some things that are out of the wrapper that, that aren't included, but we do it just like an MSP. We put it in a fixed price per month. Uh, you engage with us and then we build a strategy for you to execute and build your brand, right? And make it a repeatable process uh, that can then turn around and, and go in and start to feed sales as the locomotive goes down that train track, like I talked about earlier, right? So that's our marketing service. Our other one is, is we also do optimization of ConnectWise and QuoteWorks. We're mm -hmm. also the number 10 partner worldwide for a couple consecutive years now with, with QuoteWorks as a top 10 partner in the world, uh, not just in sales, but in optimization of uh, implementation of integration between PSAs, moving of data, sales data, between your templating and, and all that, making it easy to move from uh, suspect to proposal to cash. Right, okay. and moving it all through from one system to the other using automation. So we have an automation arm. And then our, our third major component is our software with our Connect My PSA suite, where we have the web visitor software um, that does a lot of tracking, reputation management, uh, call phone numbers in your website, and, and dynamic linking, and a bunch of other components, as well as our Connect My PSA connector for right now, ConnectWise to Constant Contact and MailChimp to move data between them and deliver results back, reducing about five days a month of a marketing person and delivering results on your email to your reps within about an hour after you launch a, an email campaign, right? Highly synchronized and, and transportable in, right? And coming soon for Autotask. That's the first time you'll hear me leak that out, but coming, coming soon. Breaking uh, news. 
Yep. Yep. Breaking news. Um, and, and lastly, as an overall, we, we act as a resource in coaching and, and all of that overall, the umbrella of all the products and services that we deliver. So that, that's what it is in a nutshell. I appreciate that. No, I, I mean, like I said, you've always been a wealth of knowledge and you always uh, have taught me a bunch and, um, you know, it's always nice to have somebody on board that can kind of come in and, and talk through these different areas. I mean, you know, Pete, we'd love to have you back. Um, you know, the, the schedule is ongoing. We're, we're always doing more of these. So, I mean, I would say to the, to the audience, if there's something that you want to hear us dive into next time, is it direct marketing? Is it event marketing? Uh, at some point, I promise yeah. that'll, be, that'll be a thing again. Um, you know, we can easily dive into those. And Pete, well, you've been well, yeah, no, I and I appreciate you guys having me on. It's always great. We enjoy the partnership, and uh, we we love uh, giving back to the to the community. I mean, uh, that's that's a major portion of of what we on the channel side do, right? Is how do we help our community get stronger, healthier, and and drive? So, well, I think one of the reasons that you work so well with uh, not, you know, not only B Boy Brother Company, but with the MSP Initiative is. Uh, I mean, you came from this world, right? You have that background, you, you, you've sat in that MSP seat. So having that and, uh, you know, being where you are now, it's that very unique position. It's very similar to how, you know, we started B-Boy. Um, so I think that's one of the reasons we've always worked well together and kind of been able to, uh, to understand each other well and do it. And uh, that, that is the one unique thing I will definitely say, uh, very unique thing about you is I watched you dive in as a marketer and start on the very, very high-end marketing piece and then dive all the way into like the technology of things and um you know that msp and you definitely comes out and you get excited about the, the tech. <laughs> well, once, you know once you're a tech you never give up the you never give up the uh the trade side of it so. absolutely so. all right so any other questions while we start to wrap things up here or pete any last minute words of wisdom or um yeah don't don't be afraid to try just go out and do it right you, you don't don't worry about perfection marketing is not about perfection it's about creating something memorable and you can always even if you make a mistake people will shrug it off it's not not the end of the world people have sent duplicate emails or whatever it's not a big deal it's not the end of the world so so just go ahead and uh you know get out there and try don't don't be afraid. Right? Absolutely, we just had Chad A from uh, from the B Boy team say done is better than perfect, and and I think that that is a great point. Um, if you sit there and you do paralysis by analysis, right, you're sitting there and you're just worrying over and over and over again. Is it going to be good? Is it going to be as good as as them? You're not always going to be the person with the biggest budget. And I promise, no matter who your competitor is, someone out there has a much larger budget than them. We've seen that, right? Our space has been gobbled up pretty quickly by m a and and it's not stopping um there's already some obscene amount of m a deals over the last 30 days you follow channel ad um you know so just get it done have that action you know yeah yep. you know like you said I, I think the funny thing about our list here is it, a lot of them keep relating back to each other right i think the uh show your personality definitely touches on every single piece of this right i mean um you know, I think, I think at the end of the day, you, can, you know, if you take these and, and you really go back to your website and say, does your website show your personality? Um, does your website reflect your, your competitor too much, right? If you start to go through these, this list and, and understand how it applies to you, 
I think you can make some pretty solid changes today that, that, um, you know, will definitely impact you. And like Pete said, you're not going to see him tomorrow. You're not going to see him the next day. You'll maybe start to see him three to six months from now, but if you get them and you can, you know, continuously update them, it'll definitely impact your business. Yeah. Now, Alec, you know, I don't always do this, but as we end, anybody that's on this webinar today, if they are interested in a new website or a website uplift or change and and moving to get some of the features that we've talked about and they don't feel that they can do it, um, we will honor a 25% off the one-time onboarding fee upfront for anybody that's on the uh, MSP initiative call today. That's, that's extremely so, generous. Would you mind doing me a favor real quick and put your website info or maybe a, an email you want them to contact you on in the chat? Sure. Let's Perfect. see. Put it in the chat. Appreciate that. And our, our community will appreciate that for sure. So if you're, you know, if you feel like your website, if you start to look at this list and, and it sounds exciting and you're looking at it and knowing that there's a lot you could do, but it quickly gets overwhelming. We understand it, right? There's still the day to day. There's still the technology of things and, much as technology's made our lives easy, it's also <laughs> in a lot of ways in our industry made our lives more difficult. So, um, you know, don't don't be afraid to reach out to Pete. I've, I've worked with him in the past; he's done a terrific job. So, yep. <clears throat> all right. So. Well, I think that is it, Pete. Again, I appreciate it. I look forward to the next one of these and seeing uh, what other marketing tips we can cook up together. Always enjoy it. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Everyone.